Well, today I've got the special joy and opportunity to introduce a guest speaker today. I've never heard her speak before, so I've heard that phrase, risk it for the biscuit. Uh, That's what I'm doing today is I'm risking it. I'm taking a risk. No, but here's the reason why I'm taking the risk, because she is related to a dear, dear friend of mine. Tim and Ellie Bentley, who were here months ago, and they left to the Balkan region, which is in southeastern Europe. Uh, They left and uh, went back. They're there for their term in missions. And Tim's sister, Jana, is with us today. The Lord has given her the opportunity and the open door to be what we call a missionary associate. But that's not like a junior missionary, okay? That's not like a gopher missionary. That's a missionary. And there's another thing I love about Jana. She's going to do what we're trying to do here in Clinton over there with Tim and Ellie by ministering to teenagers and children, ministering to the youth there. Because from what I understand, there's a limited amount of churches, but there's a deep spiritual hunger in the people. And we're just excited that she could share that with us today. Um, She's got a table set up with some cool things back there and some prayer cards. She'll be at the table at the end of the service and we'll take up that love offering. But would you warmly welcome Jana Bentley to the stage this morning? Thank you. Good morning, Celebrate Church. It is an honor to be here with you this morning. Can we just take a moment and honor your pastor today or not? (laughs) I just want to thank you for allowing me to be here. Uh, If you would grab your Bibles and open it to the book of Judges chapter 2, we are going to read a couple verses there starting with verse 6. If you've got it, say got it. If you don't, it's okay. Hopefully it's on the screen behind me or just peek over at your neighbor's Bible who may have it by now. So let's get started in verse 6. After Joshua had dismissed the Israelites, they went to take possession of the land, each to their own inheritance. The people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had seen the great things the Lord had done for Israel. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110, and they buried him in the land of his inheritance, at Timnath-Urz, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Ganash. After that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel." As Pastor mentioned, I am a missionary associate to the Balkans of Southeastern Europe. I will be working under my brother and his wife, Tim and Ellie Bentley. Tim, Ellie, and Bruin send their love from Macedonia. I would like to thank you all for your love, prayers, encouragement, and support. Now, I promised my brother while in Mississippi I would not share any stories about our childhood. But but if you know Tim, then I'm sure you could imagine what my life was like with him in charge of me. Something I always found interesting about Europe is that we can trace the start of churches to areas of Europe. It was once the cornerstone of the spread of Christianity. Europe is now home to a population that knows little about the truth of the gospel. 22 countries have an evangelical population of 1% or 
or less. And many have yet to even hear the gospel message. Macedonia itself has a population of around 2 million people, out of which less than 1% are evangelical Christians. I'd like to spend a few minutes with you today and try to take you on a journey throughout Macedonia. Imagine walking down a cobblestone street. You can feel the cool and bumpy stones along the soles of your shoes. Looking around, you can tell that many others have traveled down that very same road. On your way to the marketplace, the air starts to smell of freshly cooked bread, and you can hear as cars are driving past and people talking. Then, over the noise of the crowds, you hear the Muslim call to prayer. Looking around, you notice that there are four mosques surrounding you. In the heart of that very same city, our ministry did an event called Impact Scopia. During this event, many lives were changed, and as a result, there's one story I'd like to share with you. Out on the street corner was a man that our team members spoke with. After the conversation, he accepted Christ as his savior. This man realized how important it was for his family to hear the gospel. He opened up his home to a local pastor and invited him to lead his family in a weekly Bible study. The pastor accepted the invitation and for the last year has been discipling this precious family. One day while preparing to visit the family, the pastor grabbed a children's Bible that Lyft had provided him with and stuck it in his bag. That evening, before leaving the family's home, the pastor presented the daughter with her very first Bible. The girl was filled with excitement to finally have her own Bible. Every evening, she faithfully read through its pages, hungry to learn more about Jesus. One evening, while reading, she came to the realization that Jesus was who he said he was, and that moment surrendered her life to Christ. Today, there's nothing more that this precious young lady desires than to serve Christ. And as she wanders down those same cobblestone streets and hears the Muslim call to prayer, her heart breaks and she longs for the days when they will worship Christ with her. I have been involved with kids ministry for close to 10 years now. There's just something about a child's worship that's so loving and pure. It moves the heart of God. We see in the Gospels how Christ embraces the little children and wants them to just draw near to him. Some of my favorite memories in kids' ministry has been going to kids' camp. Sure, there's a lot of fun and games involved, but the greatest part of camp is always the nightly services. I remember my last trip to kids' camp as a leader, It was an incredible week of services, and kids were just pressing into God, wanting more. One night, two young ladies that were in my group desired to just sit in the presence of God. Service had ended that evening around 9 p.m., and everyone else had already left back to their room. The worship team had gone, but these two girls didn't care. They just desired to sit in the presence of the Lord as long as they could. We didn't get back into our room that night till around 11 p.m., and they were just in such a deep worship to the Lord. Another evening, the whole group of kids were in such a deep worship that when the worship band just quit playing, their worship continued. 
In the room, you'd hear the kids' voices lift up louder and louder in unity over the silence. Many children were baptized in the spirit that week. Can I just remind you all that there's no kid-sized Holy Spirit? The same power that we have, the same power the disciples walked in, those kids left that place with you. Place. This morning, I'd like to ask you these questions. How are we leading this generation? Going back to our verse in Judges chapter 2, verse 10. After that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. I find it interesting how there was a generation who just knew nothing. How could the people who came before them not teach them? Then I sit here and think about our world today. We are living in an era where the same thing has happened. Europe is the perfect example of that. A generation is growing up not knowing the love that exists within Christ. It's time for us to stand up and invest in the next generation. Today, I'd like to quickly share with you three ways that we can invest in the next generation. My first point today is really simple. Number one, relationships. How can we invest in others if we have no relationship with them? Some of the greatest stories of succession in the Bible are of people who have built a relationship with their successor. We see that relationship exampled with Moses and Joshua. The Bible says in Exodus 33:11 that the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. What I love about this is that Moses did not keep Joshua at an arm's length away. Moses was going to enter into the presence of the Lord, and Joshua, even though he was young, was invited to join him. And Joshua would stay in that tent wanting more. Relationships are a key element when wanting to invest in others. If you don't take the time to build up your relationships, opportunities might be missed. If Moses did not already have an established relationship with Joshua, Joshua could have missed out being in that tent. I'm not sure if I would be where I'm at today if it wasn't for the relationships that had been established and individuals who have invested in my life over the years. I remember being in high school, and one of my favorite people to just spend time with wasn't another student. It was a staff member who also happened to be a member of the church that I attended, Leah Adams. She was one of the school tech geniuses, and I'd find myself hanging around her office during my lunch breaks, just talking with her, spending time with her, and pouring my heart out to her. And the best thing was that she listened in my young age, I desired to be around Leah. She was a leader, a role model, someone I just loved to talk with. For me, she exampled what a godly woman looked like and was one of the few godly women to actually take time to invest in my young life. If we overlook the next generation, who will they learn from? Let's teach this generation to, number two, expect God to move. 
In 2 Kings, we drop in on Elijah as he's getting ready to be taken up into heaven and watching as his student, Elisha, keeps following him around like a toddler following their mother, telling him, I will be there when you go. Finally, after striking the water with his cloak and causing the waters to split, Elijah asked Elisha, what can I do for you before I leave? Elisha's request was, you know, nothing crazy, nothing really big. It was really a small request when you think about it. He asked for a double portion of Elijah's spirit. We see that when God takes Elijah up to heaven, he drops his cloak and Elisha goes and picks it up. Then in verse 14 in 2 Kings, it says, He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. Here is Elisha, someone who had been witness to the work God had done through Elijah. He had experienced the power of God and expected that God would move through him. Elisha did not hesitate at all when he saw the cloak on the ground. He immediately went over to it, grabbed it, and did exactly what he had just seen Elijah do. Share with this next generation stories of how God showed up, how he provided. Let them see how excited you are about the work God is doing in your life. Believe it or not, growing up, some of my favorite Sundays were actually Sundays like today when a missionary would come in and talk. As a young child, I was always fascinated about the stories they would share about the work God was doing in other nations and seeing all the cool stuff on their table. (laughs) I might not have known that I was called into missions until I was about 15, but at a young age, God had already begun stirring my heart for missions through the stories others would come and share in the churches. Teach this next generation that the Lord is our healer and how powerful his name alone is. On that same last trip to kids camp, there was a student there named Jacob. God used Jacob in a mighty way. Jacob was a student that would go lay hands on others, declare healing in their lives, and those kids left that place completely healed. We have a responsibility to let the next generation know that they can do these types of things. This brings me to my last point. We need to pass down number three, knowledge to the next generation. Could you imagine if you had to figure things out on your own? I know I would be totally lost without people in my life who have guided me to where I am today, such as Tim and Ellie. If we were in a pre-technology era with all the questions that I have had for Tim and Ellie by now, they could have probably written a small novel of information for me. In the same manner I have Tim and Ellie, Timothy had Paul. We see throughout 1st and 2nd Timothy how Paul writes to encourage and counsel Timothy in matters such as prayer, church worship, church leadership, and to not fear. We need people who are willing to pass on what they know to the next generation. When you first started to get deeper in your relationship with Christ, there may have been a bunch of questions you had. And as you were trying to read the Bible, it possibly opened up a lot more questions. And if no one was there to pass on the knowledge they had to help answer those questions, people may just give up. 
It's for reasons like this that is necessary for us to pass along what we have learned to those coming behind us. Isn't it good to just have someone to walk through life with? Someone you know that has already walked down the path that you are walking down. Someone who can help guide you and teach you how to pray, how to read your Bible, how to do your taxes or apply for a loan. This next generation is depending on us to pass down the things that we know. Europe has classified itself as a post-Christian continent. Right now, there's a generation arising that knows little about the truth of the gospel. In Macedonia, the evangelical church is 23 years old. And if you were to ask about the kids' ministry, the answer that'd be given to you would be, what kids' ministry? Here in the States, every week across the nation, there are people that are investing times into the lives of our children. And we are blessed to have some sort of kids program. In Macedonia, the kids might go to a separate room to watch a video. Other than that, nothing exists within the nation. Our desire is to simply introduce a generation to the love of Christ. God, I just want to thank you for today. I want to thank you for this church and their heart for the nations. Lord, I just pray that we will take time to invest in the next generation, Lord. I just want to thank you for the people here and their heart for the generations. God, I just pray that we will continue to invest in them, that we will make your name known across the generations to come. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this amazing church and this amazing opportunity to come and speak. In your holy name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Stay up here with me for just a, Yeah, give her a hand clap. Um, Give me just a minute, Sam. Um, I wanted to ask you, what is your budget uh, percentage right now? Like, so uh, she's on the starting. She's on the starting line, essentially, right? Essentially, yeah. Um, as of my last update, I was about thirty-seven percent, and we would like to get me there by October. Get get to Macedonia. Okay. So if you, if you did your math, that's 60 something percent that she needs to raise. I tell missionaries who call me, who talk that we don't support. And I tell them, and I say, we do, we are unfortunate in this, that we are waitlisted with missionaries. We have several that we've promised support to. As soon as we have the ability to support, we will do that. We've done that with Jana, and we've put her on that list too. But I would love to see God do something amazing today through us. Through our one-time gift, we can empower her budget to be able to get plane tickets and shots and all of that kind of stuff to be able to send her to the missions field. Um, I hope that your heart was tugged on, and so was mine. I want to pray for her this morning, and I'll pray over the offering. And then Sam and Tim, if you guys will pass those plates in just a moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jana Bentley. We thank you for their family. Uh, thank you for Tim and Ellie and the work that they're doing. Lord, we take a moment today to pray for them, that you would strengthen them and give them grace and guidance. Lord, that you would help them as they are working to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Lord, we pray over Jana that you would meet her every need and God, that you would supply for her budget to be able to be fully funded and be able to get to Macedonia this October. Lord, I pray a blessing over every gift that's received today, no matter how small it makes a difference. And so, Lord, we thank you that we have the opportunity to impact eternity today because of Jana B. 
being with us. Lord, I pray you would bless her, bless all the speaking engagements she has that are coming, and I pray that you would help us to partner with her. Lord, help us to do one more thing, and that is to commit to pray for her. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's give her a round of applause again.